As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Hi, this is Dr. Scott Hahn and you're listening to Joseph Warren with Broken Catholic. You're going to enjoy everything you hear. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, overdrinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping. Your parenting is slipping. Your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me. I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move. Today, my featured guest is Kramer Soderberg. He is born and raised cradle Catholic. He's the son of a lifelong college basketball coach who had a successful high school and college uh, playing career at the D1 and D2 levels. Kramer has been coaching at the college level for eight years now and is the assistant men's basketball coach at Millican University. Kramer married his wife, Andrea, seven years ago, and now has three kids under six years old. And we were just speaking offline a little bit about what that's like to be home with those kids all day long. And he now really appreciates his wife and considers her a superhero for what she goes through. Kramer's faith journey started slow and then got worse in college. After becoming a husband and a father, Kramer began to dive more deeply into his faith life, 
Kramer recently released a new book called, and it's his first book, by the way, called Fill Your Cup for Christ, A Spiritual Journey Sown and Grown Through Sports. And it's meant to help Christians strive for spiritual greatness. So Kramer, uh, you can find him at Kramer soderberg.com that's s-o-d-e-r-b-e-r-g.com kramer welcome to broken catholic go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro would you yeah joseph how you doing thanks for having me it's a real joy to be on here yeah you, you hit it on the head there um grew up cradle catholic you know one of those guys who um, went to church because mom and dad told them to um and didn't really know what was going on was bored most of the time um and uh, kind of just floated through my high school uh, life as a, as a Christian. And then once I got into the college world, um, you know how that goes. You, you fall away even more and mom and dad aren't there to pull your arm on Sunday morning. So um, yeah. yeah, things, things went a little haywire in college. And, uh, but then again, like you mentioned, when I became a husband um, and started- all right, hold off, hold off. I got, I'm going to jump in right here, brother. Let me hear you. Okay. You're telling the whole story. I'd even asked the question yet. Okay. All right. So we're going to dig into this story. And, and let's start here, though. Uh, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Something personal, yeah. Um, I would say the, the, the biggest thing that, you know, I, I struggle with on a daily basis is my, my um, surrendering to the Lord and, and trusting in His plan. There, so often it's, for me, it was... Um, you know, my way or the highway. And it's still that way. You know, I, I, I constantly want to be in control of things. And maybe that's a little bit of the athlete and the coach in me. Um, but that that idea of it's not my plan, it's not um, my job to decide the, the path I take that um, as a Christian, I need to learn to surrender the Lord, man, it's, it's a struggle each day and, and a battle that um, I've struggled with for a long time and continue to struggle with um, is that control aspect of my life um, that as a Christian, I, I no longer have access to that, that surrendering it to the Lord is, is, is the way to go. But, but boy, is that, is that difficult? So that's, that's my biggest battle right now. You know, I really appreciate that authenticity um, in what you're sharing and it sounds to me like you're a little control freak like me. Is that about yes. right? Yes, I am. My, my wife probably gets upset with me about that. And I'm sure my players do as well. <laughs> Got it. And, you know, BC Nation, if you're listening right now and uh, you're also a little control freak like uh, Kramer and myself here, and you struggle daily to surrender to the Lord, welcome to the club. Right. Right. This is this is what it's all about. The most difficult thing I believe Kramer to do in this life is to surrender our will to God's will, to surrender our plans and schemes to his plan. Right. We can see our plans. We can't see his. Right. We could see our will or feel it. We can't see or feel his will. So how do you surrender something tangible to something intangible? Isn't that difficult? Exactly. I mean, it's something, it's one of those things that I even, I even have a struggle with if I don't plan out my day, you know, if I don't plan out, okay, what am I doing at one o'clock? What am I doing at four o'clock? You know, I start to get a little antsy. And then when you take it into a, into a even further, further path of, okay, what, what am I going to do next year or the year after, you know, do I, do I want to be a, 
uh, a head coach and where can I coach? And, um, you know, do we want all these, all these questions that arise in your mind? And if, if you constantly are worrying over those, man, you're going to have a, uh, anxiety ridden life. And, um, I definitely don't want that. And, uh, again, le learning each day to, to kind of let things go and, and open my hands to the Lord and say, you know, my life is yours, take control and I'll follow you wherever you take me. Would you say that's a, a, a recommitment every day? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it has to be. I think uh, I try to, you know, on a daily basis when I, you know, open my eyes is, is to offer the day to the Lord. Um, thank him for, you know, opening my eyes again and saying today is for you, you know, take me where you want to take me, help me to be the best father, the best husband I can be, um, bring people into my life that maybe need encouragement, that maybe need the Lord in their life, um, you know, maybe set up a little spiritual meeting for me today with, with somebody who needs a, needs a little something. And, um, so kind of that morning offering for me of, of, Hey, today is for you. Um, help me to glorify your name this day is, is kind of that restart for me. And then usually, um, if I don't fall asleep before I do it at the end of the night, I like to, you know, kind of rehash my day. Okay. What did I do well today? What did I not do well today? How can I fix that in the morning? And again, that's, that's a little bit of a, a coaching, you know, athletic side of things. We coaches, we review the film, you know, we go over the, the things that we did well in practice or the, you know, the issues we had in our game, we check it out and then we review it with our team. So that next practice, next game, we can be better at it. And uh, spiritually, I think it's, it's a similar kind of mindset. I really like where you took that. You took it into the sports realm, but it, what a great way to look at it, right? So right now you said you're on furlough, right? With the yep. college basketball and the university. So you're at home really appreciating what your wife gets to go through every single day, right. raising three kids under age five. And let me ask you this, when you review the film of your day, at the end of the day, do you sit down with your team, meaning your wife, and kind of go through what worked and what didn't? Or is that an area that maybe, hey, there's something there? Yeah, yeah. I, me and my wife talk often about, you know, how we can be better in plants, especially with, with our kids. And, you know, she, Lord help all, I mean, our mothers who stay home with our kids, they are saints. And I, especially during this furlough time, have realized how sinful I am. I mean, in my, in my impatience, in my lashing out with my kids, it's, it's, it's really, um, it's really eye opening to myself of, man, I have a lot of work to do. And, and what's, <laughs> what's especially frustrating, I was kind of contemplating over this recently is that I constantly, um, you know, as a Catholic go into confession and, and tell the priest, Hey, you know, these are, these are my sins. And so often it's the same exact sin over and over and over. And I get so frustrated with my children because they do the same thing that I tell them not to do over. And it's, it's, it's like, I am very childlike in the way I act. If I am doing the exact same thing that my kids are doing, making the same mistake over and over. So I think if the Lord can be merciful on me, in my constant mistakes, the same ones over and over and not get impatient, then, man, I better start working on that with my kids. What a great spiritual insight, seriously, to just see yourself, uh, your, your own behavior showing up in your kids yeah. and, and to go, wow, that's exactly how I show up with my heavenly father. Absolutely. I just show up doing the same thing over and over again. The difference is I get frustrated with my kids because I'm human and broken. 
God doesn't. He doesn't yeah. have frustration, yeah. right? Yeah. So he just looks down with compassion and mercy and, and just yeah. forgives and says, get back up, son. Yeah. Go again. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and it's just such a beautiful thing. All yeah. right. So I was on your website, Kramer, and, um, you know, I love this line here and I, I want to go here for a second. It says, for the majority of Kramer's life, he was uninterested, unappreciative, and just downright bored with his faith. Yes. Tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, um, I think maybe a similar experience for most young people in their faith life, especially most young people who have parents who are, um, you know, strong Christians, which my parents were. Um, but, you know, so often when you're younger, when your parents tell you that this is good or this is right or this is the way you should go, you usually rebel against that. Um, but going to Mass um, for me was just uninteresting, boring. Um, I didn't know what was going on. Um, I was a good kid, so I went because my parents told me to. Um, but it, it wasn't something that invigorated me. Um, it, it seemed more to be a chore. Um, and until I found that personal relationship with Christ, until Christ became um, a someone instead of a religion or a, a set of rules or something that I had to do until that happened. It, it was boring. I wasn't interested and I wasn't invigorated in my faith. So the next line I see here, it says only after a personal life challenge did Kramer begin to give his life more fully to Christ and take his spiritual life more seriously. So it sounds like that's what you're talking about right now. What was the, that personal life challenge that turned yeah. you to Christ? Yeah, so um, kind of a step back before before that that trial came in my life, I, I started to develop this relationship with Christ, and where He became a person, I started to you know have a have a decent relationship. And um, well, how'd you go about that? You're at college, right? You're in college. You're doing the party college. scene. It was yeah, after yeah. college. After okay, college, got I really started. To, it was kind of I was preparing to get married, got engaged to my wife. Okay, I need to I need to start figuring out what's going on with my faith life, and you know, read a couple books that were, were intriguing to me that, that brought out the human side of Jesus opposed to the more religious side. And I, I just latched to the person of Christ. I, I was so intrigued by, by Jesus, the person, and I wanted to know him. And so not Jesus, the concept or Jesus God, the, the concept. concept or, or not, you know, the religion side of things just yet. Um, mm -hmm. That came later. But Jesus, the person, he, he was just, he was different than anyone I've ever heard of. He just, the way he acted, the way he moved, the way, just everything that I found of him just ignited something in me that I, I had never found before. Um, and then that's when I started to build that relationship. And so often I, I hear, you know, Christians who I talk to who say, once I found that relationship with Christ, soon thereafter, something came in my life that really tested that faith. You know, it started with this little honeymoon period of me and Jesus. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden I got hit with this trial that really, really made me, you know, challenge my faith and challenge my trust and my love of Christ. And that's for me what that trial that I mentioned on my website was. And I'm mm. going to that if you so, ver so very similar, it sounds like to human relationships, right? With a, a oh, yeah. couple and Absolutely. dating relationships, then, then you get married and year one, two, and three is considered the romantic stage of marriage, right? And then you get into um, the more maturing uh, of that relationship where the trials come and it tests the relationship. Yep. And yep. really, you get to see a lot of yourself uh, in 
how your your partner annoys you. Correct. <laughs> right? All those things you didn't realize before. Exactly, right? And you're, you, you were very honest and you said, Joseph, I'm at home right now on furlough and man, I'm just starting to see like, how much of a sinner I am and just my impatience and the kids and all this stuff where before maybe you were distracted right. with all these things. And yeah. don't we do that? We distract ourselves and then pretend, Oh, look, I'm, I'm not that bad. I'm pretty yeah. good. I mean, look at me. Yeah. No, you're distracted. So you're not facing the real life that would be confronting exactly. and, and working on self and doing that inner work. So here you are doing that. So, all right, go back to that. Thank you for that little, uh, yep. I just went off on a little path there, but yeah. I, I think it's an important thing to speak about is that Jesus not only wants us to have relationship with him, but he wants our relationship with him to be tested. Mm. Why do you think that is? Well, I think, I think the testing and the trial and, and, and what we hear in, you know, in scripture of, you know, to become a disciple, we have to take up our cross and follow Christ. And I think that those trials that come in our life are those crosses. And in, in my opinion, and in my experience, what the trials are, what the crosses are meant to do, they're, they're gentle nudges from Christ saying, no, 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 you're not in control. And we talked about this, this, this life isn't about you. You, you don't have to plan everything, surrender it to me, give it to me, and I'll handle things. And I think that's what trials do is they, they bring out that vulnerability in a certain situation that I've, I'm doing everything I can do and nothing's getting better. Whether that be mom or dad gets sick or, you know, your, your kid is getting into trouble in school or you, you lose your job or whatever it may be. Those situations that are out of our control, I think so often push us towards Christ, towards a place where we're, we just say, I can't do anymore. I've done all I can do to try to fix this situation. And I, I've, I continue to fail. Um, and that's when that full surrender to Christ happens. And, and that's the Christian paradox really is, is only when we fully surrender, can we become free? And it's, it's a backwards kind of statement there, but that's true. That's what Christianity is. Full surrender to Christ equals freedom. And until you fully surrender, you are going to be enslaved. Mm. Yet the whole time, the enemy has you thinking you're in charge, doesn't exactly. he? Exactly. Yeah. Our society has a reverse view of freedom in that what freedom means, I get to choose what I do and I get to choose what's right. I get to choose my path, make my own way. But, but that's not Christianity. Christianity is freedom equals surrender, not freedom equals my choice is my way. Mm. You know, I'm picturing a, a two-year-old right now. And you know how the, the two-year-old, uh, you try to help them sometimes with, you know, something and, yeah. and uh, they yank it back yeah. and they go, no, I can do it. Yep. I'm going to do it or it's mine. I got it. And you're like, but son, you know, you're going to hurt yourself. I can help you. Right. I can help you. Let daddy show you how to do it right. properly, safely. And we're like, no, I'll do it myself. Right. And then the kid goes and bumps their head, bumps their yep. knee, does something dumb, and you just watch. And at some point, the dad or the mom has to, has to let the kid do it and learn. 
And, mm. and I think that's, that's the beauty of Christianity and beauty of God's love for us is that we're free to make the choices. And as much as we shout and scream, God could grab us by the hands and say, no, you're going to go this way, whether you like it or not. But out of his love for us, he says, no, you're free to make your choices. And I know you're going to stumble along the way, but maybe those stumbling blocks, maybe those trials will make you realize that, that you need my help, that you need to surrender to my will. And hopefully when we let our two-year-old do that, you know, they realize, well, maybe mom and dad can help me with my walking a little bit or can help me with this or that. Mm, powerful. So let me ask you this. You're a married guy. You got three kids under, you know, five years old, uh, married for seven years. You're, you know, a basketball coach. Um, what's the biggest area uh, that you had to surrender um, that was the most difficult for you? Like what, it, what was it specifically? And, and take us to that place. Tell us that story. Perfect. Perfect. This, this walks us right into the trial that we mentioned earlier. Um, it was, it was in 2015 and I worked, I worked at Lindenwood university, which was a division two school. Um, and I was an assistant coach for my father, Brad Soderberg, who is a lifelong college basketball coach. He's at the University of Virginia now. I was his assistant. He got offered the assistant position at the University of Virginia under Tony Bennett. They won the national championship in 2019. Couldn't say no to the job, of course. So he goes to the ACC. I'm out of the job. The coach that gets hired doesn't want to hire me. And that intern there started a five-month period of me searching for a job. Um, and I did everything in my power. I sent out hundreds of resumes, made tons of calls. My dad, who'd been in the business forever, is making calls for me. Nothing seems to come. Five months go by, still don't have a job. That trial, and although my trial insignificant compared to the trials of so many who, you know, go through abuse and, and all, you know, family members passing away, all those different things, my trial is insignificant to that. But for me, in that moment, in that time period, it was difficult. It was challenging. And again, back to this idea that I'm trying to handle thing, everything on my own. I can take care of it. I don't have a job, but I'm going to find one on my own. It, I came to realize after three, four months go by, no, you, you, are, you are incapable of getting yourself a job. And only then did I realize, okay, Lord, if you want me to be a college basketball coach, I'm going to be one. If you, if you want me to be a stay-at-home dad this next year, I'm going to be one. Um, help me. I, I want to be a coach. Help me become one. Get me a job. But if you don't want me to be one right now, I trust you. And that, that, was, that was the biggest surrender moment in my life. And that trial drew me so close to Christ um, that I would never take back that summer of 2015 for me best summer of my life, even though it was the hardest summer of my life. It's so interesting hearing you look back on a, this part of your life, which was a cross that you were carrying. Yep. It's a cross of uncertainty and, and financial, you know, implications and instability and security, I'm guessing as well. And to look back and say, Hey, that was the best time of my life. <laughs> In retrospect, yes. <laughs> not going through it, but in retrospect, the best time of my life and BC nation, maybe you're carrying a cross right now of uncertainty. Maybe you've lost your income. You've lost your, your, uh, occupation. 
you're in this pandemic and, and you just have no idea what God's plan is for you. So all you know to do is go do something more than nothing. Go try, go open doors, knock on every door, try, try, try. And though it's good and healthy to not be lazy and to go and try things, it's also the complete opposite of what God wants many times. And what I mean by that is exactly what Kramer is saying is that God wants you to stop relying on yourself. And he wants you to start relying on him. And this is the most difficult thing for us little control freaks to do. It really is. So hard. I, it's the man, when I had to let go of a business where my last business, right? Before it got acquired, I was working two hours a week and collecting a nice check. Yeah. And God wanted me out of it. Because I was comfortable, but I wasn't impactful. Right. And God wanted something more. For me to let go of that, man, I resisted. I kicked. I screamed like a spoiled little two-year-old. Mm. And I fought God the entire way until I finally just submitted and surrendered because I just had no control over it. And then he freed me from it. So okay. here's here's Kramer sharing this and... And, uh, you know, BC Nation, I just really want to connect with you, you know, Kramer and I connecting with you and your struggle right now, because I know you're listening right now and you're like, that's me. That's where I am. I, I, I got to do something, Joseph. I got to do something, Kramer. It'd be irresponsible for me not to. I have kids at home. I have a wife or, or a husband at home. What am I going to do? Just sit here and pray? That sounds ridiculous. That sounds irresponsible. Kramer, what do you want to say to that person right now? Yeah, man, that was powerful, Joseph. I mean, I, I'm with you, man. It's it's so difficult. But to, to those who are out there struggling, and it's it's a time of struggle for the whole world, essentially. And maybe that maybe that is God's plan, and not maybe, definitely God's plan um, for all of us to kind of to sit back and say, okay. Am I, am I really surrendering my life to the Lord? Um, one, thing, one thing I'll say um, that takes us to scripture a little bit is the story of um, the leper. Um, and I never really connected to this Bible story until I went through that trial. Um, but so often in the people who are sick in scripture, you see this, this coming to knowledge of nothing I do is going to fix me for a leper, or for the, the woman who dealt with hemorrhages or for the man who is, you know, sitting at the river and nobody to lift him into the water that they get to this point of, I've asked doctors and family and friends, all these people to try to help me and nothing is happening. I am not healed. Um, only when the people in the Bible, only when they realize that Jesus is my only hope and go to them and say, Lord, if you, if you want to heal me, you can do they get healed. And we are all those lepers. We are all those lepers. And until we come to the Lord and say, Lord, I am sick. I need help, your help. Um, and that full surrender to, that, to, to Christ, that, that is when we will be healed. And I don't think that means sit idle and you know, sit in your room and not take action. You know, the leper took action. He took action to Christ. Um, so I, I, think, I think 
prayer is huge. Um, but, but also, like you mentioned, we can't sit in our bedroom and do nothing. We, we have to take action, but action through Christ and action through the, the, the inspiration and the will that we feel like God is taking us to. So um, I, I hope that those who are struggling now, you know, can, can be united to that image of we're all lepers, man. We are all struggling with something. We are all sick in our own way. Um, but go to Christ. Go to Christ and ask him to heal you. And he will. He will. But you got to take that action. you got to make the move. We're speaking with Kramer Soderberg. You can find him at KramerSoderberg.com. He is a college basketball coach. He's dropping, down, dropping it down here for you. Kramer, I'm going to ask you to summarize what you just said into three plays. Give me a, a three-play game plan spiritual game plan for my listener right now who finds themselves uh, in some kind of financial instability or uh, insecurity right now in this pandemic? What are your three plays that they need to get up and do right now? Show up, show up on time, do the best you can. And what these, what these three lines, three um, statements are, um, are from my dad. He was, he was our college basketball coach and he, he had three rules in our program. He said, show up, show up on time and do the best you can. And if you do those three things, you're going to beat out 99% of the world. And what a profound three things, because how often do we as Christians not show up? Give Give us an example of like, how do I show up? Give me one example. Show up to your prayer life. Show up to show your, prayer, up to your life. prayer life. So show up to quiet time tomorrow yes. morning, BC Nation, with God. Yes. Show up and put in 10 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour, blocked out in your calendar. Nothing enters into that time. It's protected time. Mm-hmm. It's you and God relationship time. You're putting it first. Show up. All right, show number up. two. Show up on time. And that, that doesn't necessarily mean in the, in the spiritual realm that if we don't, you know, show up to, to church on time that we're going to get hit by a bolt of lightning. But I think it is so vital that you set a specific time in your day, because if you, if you just say, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to pray today. I'm going to get to it when I have some free time, you will not get to it. That, that, that's just how it works. You know, in the busyness of our life, we, we will not get to it unless we set it in time. Show up on time. So set yourself a time um, that, that you can be with Christ. Um, just do, you and him. Number three, do the best you can. Do the best you can. What does that look like? This is the most profound thing that anyone can do. And it's the title of my book, Fill Your Cup. And I want to go into that a little bit because it, it is the most impactful thing in my life. When I was in sixth grade, my dad was putting on a basketball camp for, for kids and he came to the center of court and did a speech for us. And he brought out three different size cups. He brought out a 64 ounce guzzler from a gas station, a regular, you know, 12 ounce drinking grass, and then like a Dixie cup. And he says, I don't care how much potential you have. All I care about is how much water you put in your cup. So from a basketball perspective, he said, I don't care if you're this, 64 ounce guzzler if you're six eight and you can jump really high or if you're five ten and you're not very athletic all that matters is how much water you put in your cup that is success 
that that is what doing your best means. You know, I think a lot of people put success and doing their best and they compare it to other people. They compare it to this person who maybe has more influence than them or whatever it may be. And they say, well, even if I try my hardest, that it's not going to look like this person. That doesn't matter. That's irrelevant. You know, success is getting the most out of yourself, doing the best you can do, filling your cup to the top. And that is, that is the title of my book, fill your cup for Christ. So do the best you can do, fill your cup to the top for the sake of Christ. And if you do those three things, show up, show up on time and do the best you can fill your cup. You're good to go, man. I really love that metaphor. And BC nation, if you find out that you are the little cup, like I am, <laughs> that's kind of how I see myself. The, okay. The, listen, listen. Okay. So I'm the little cup, right? Yeah. In, in that, that metaphor, I'm not the big guzzler, right? But I'm the little cup and yeah, I've done all that comparison and I finally got to the point where I realize if I stop relying on myself and just do the best I can, as you say, and fill my cup, God will make up for my deficiency. Bingo. God will come in with his miracles, his power and make up for my powerlessness. Yes. And let's, let's go to Jesus's first, first miracle, the wedding at Cana. He told, he told the servants, fill the jars to the brim. And the servants filled the jars to the brim. And then what did he do? He turned their ordinary water into wine. And, that, and that's what it is. That's, that's what we have to do, no matter how big our cup is. And on the drive home, after my dad gave that speech, he said, Kramer, just so you know, you're the little cup. <laughs> and I was, I was the 5'10", little, the little short guy on athletic who was trying to be a college basketball player. And he knew that if I didn't fill my cup to the top, I wasn't going to make it. Same thing with, with our spiritual lives. You may have a ton of influence. You know, you may be a, a, a preacher to the millions, or you may be a janitor. Doesn't matter how big your cup is. Fill it to the top for Christ, and, and you, he'll turn your water into wine. Mm, I love this. this. I'm getting inspired right now because it removes all the comparison. Correct. And comparison is the thief of joy. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. See how that all connects? Mm. Like that is powerful. Fill your cup to the top. Give that full cup, even if it's tiny, yep. as your offering to God. That's it. God then takes our human best and he does something miraculous. He divinizes it. He makes it divine mm. and then hands it back to us. That's right. Like it's supercharged. Yeah. Right. And that's how we go out into the world as a spiritual reservoir and have that impact like a mother Teresa. She was a tiny cup, tiny. literally physically in stature, a tiny cup. She was like yeah. four foot something. Right. Exactly. Yet she had more impact than 99% of humans that have ever existed on this planet. Why? Because she filled her cup to the brim, gave it to God as an offering the rest of her life, all of her life. God went, divinized it, made it divine, and then handed it back to her and said, take it out into the world and watch what I do. Beautiful. Like we each have that potential, BC Nation. You have that. So stop listening to what the world is telling you about you. And start listening to what God has already said about you. Mm. 
that's the game changer, right, Kramer? That's it. And and so often we get we get like you mentioned, we get caught in this this idea of comparing ourselves or you know defining what success is. And the world tells us success is you know making a lot of money or having a big house or a lot of cars or a lot of power and honor. But but that's not it. That that's not success. And it's the same thing I tell my players that. At the, at the end of the game, whether we win or lose, if you can ask yourself the question, did I fill my cup to the top, and you say yes, then you, you're a success. That, that, so at the end of our lives, if, if we can say at the, if, when we face Christ face-to-face and, and, and he says, Kramer, Joseph, tell me about your life, and we can say, Lord, I filled my cup to the top for you. You gave me a little cup. <laughs> You may have given I filled me a little it though, cup, but I filled it to the top. And that that little cup idea—it's back to the the parable of the talents. Do you do you remember the parable of the talents? Sure. The parable of the talents is he gave he gave five coins to one, three to another, and one to another. Five invested it and got five more. Three invested it, got three more. One buried it in the ground and didn't get one, didn't get any more. But he was the little cup. He was the little cup. But if you flip that on its side and say, okay, what if the guy who got five coins only got three back? And what if the guy who got one coin got one back? Who would Christ be more happy with? He would be more happy with the one guy, not because of what, how much money he made, because the guy with five made three. He made more than the guy with one. But the guy with five didn't fill his potential. He didn't fill his cup to the top. But the little guy, the guy with less, did. He got the most out of his potential. And when we can say that to Christ, when we say, Christ, I fill my cup for you, you will surely hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, come share in your master's joy. Mm, so good. So good. All right. So we're listening to Kramer Soderberg. You can find my Kramer Soderberg.com. Kramer, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. Ooh, this yeah. is where we're going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready, baby. What is your favorite thing about God? His love for me. What is your least favorite thing about God? He's in charge and I'm not. <laughs> so you think you could do better, can you? All <laughs> right. What are you most afraid of? Um, failure. Mm, got that. I believe we're all struggling with uh, something at any given moment of our lives. It's just part of the human condition. What are you struggling with either professionally or personally right now? impatience with my career and with my kids and impatience. Impatience. Very clear. What did you spend way too much time doing in your twenties? Partying. Partying. What secret fear do you have about people? Oh man, that they may see how vulnerable I am and how sinful I am. Uh, I like to try to stay hidden. That's why you're making me uncomfortable on this show, but uh, hopefully, (laughs) hopefully that can help some folks. DC Nation, take off the mask. There's freedom when you take off the mask. God made you beautiful. Mm. You might as well look in the mirror and see it. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God, Kramer? Oh, that surrender to him is is the ultimate. If if I would have learned that earlier, things would have been a lot easier in my life. That is mm. for sure. What's a new habit you want to form? Um, praying the rosary more often. Got it. What's a bad habit you want to break? Uh, lust. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, Hardworking, um, focused, and joyful. 
Pick three words to describe who you are before you fully surrender to God. Man, lost, angry, and scared. Yeah. And last question, Kramer, if you could come back to life, look your wife in the eyes and your three kids after you died, right? You come back to life, you look them in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about anything, everything, eternity, all of it. What would you say to them? Easy. Fill your cup for Christ. Fill your cup for Christ. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about surrendering their will, their control, their life to Christ versus not? It's like we mentioned, the Christian paradox. If you do it, if you, if you take on this really challenging personal exercise of surrendering your life, of opening your hands to the Lord and saying, give me what you want to give me, take from me what you want to take from me, it, it will bring more joy, more peace, more freedom than you could ever imagine. Um, and that surrender to Christ is the gospel. It is the Christian message. And if we can learn to do it, we will, we will live a life of great joy and great peace. Not free of trial, not free of struggle, but still full of great joy, great peace. Um, and I hope all can be inspired by, by that and our talk. And it was a great joy. Kramer, what's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you and to go pick up your book? Yeah, you can go to my website, um, www.kramersoderberg.com, or um, you can go on Amazon. It, it's on there as well. And then I'm also um, on Instagram at a Catholic coach and on Twitter at um, Coach K Sodi. Um, so I try to be engaging um, and spiritual on all my accounts. Um, and I would love for you know you all to come follow me and me to follow you and us to chase down holiness and sainthood together. Mm. All right, BC Nation, go pick up uh, the book, Fill Your Cup for Christ. I'll put it in the show notes, the link to it. Sounds like an amazing book. And Kramer, thank you for showing up so powerfully, so surrendered for Christ in your own life, in your own struggles, being real, transparent, vulnerable, taking off the mask. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you for being on Broken Catholic. And I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life. Thanks a lot, Joseph. Cheers. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, over drinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping, your parenting is slipping, your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me, I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. 
Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move.